before Gideon comes to, to preach to us is taken from Isaiah chapter 9. If you wanted to follow it on the, uh, in the Bibles in the pews, it's on page 694. So Isaiah chapter 9, beginning to read at the first verse. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening. Uh, before we come to God's word, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we um, come before you this evening and we ask that as we come before your word, and we pray that you would uh, open the eyes of our hearts to see the true light that is the Lord Jesus this Christmas. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On the 14th of July, 1789, a Parisian cobbler named Jean Lenoir wrote in his diary, Nothing of importance happened today. Nothing of importance happened today. However, on that same day, uh, only a few streets away from Jean Lenoir, the French Revolution was well on the way as an enraged mob stormed Bastille Prison and freed its inmates. But according to, to Jean Lenoir, an oblivious Frenchman, 
Nothing of importance happened that day. So it could be said for the birth of Jesus on a dark, cold winter's night in the Judean hillside of Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago, where a new age dawned for all eternity. That night when Jesus was born, many simply noted in their diaries, nothing of importance happened today. I suppose the same can be said over 2,000 years later, much like the French cobbler, Jean Lenoir. Many in our world miss out on the revolutionary nature of the events of the first Christmas. They miss out on the, the greatest gift of Christmas, wrapped up in the birth of a child. Many will enjoy the festivities Christmas brings, singing carols, attending the various Christmas services, enjoying the holidays, and yet miss the reason for the season. 700 years before that very first Christmas night, uh, the prophet Isaiah uh, predicted that the birth of a child would be the dawning of a new age. Verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the greatness of his government and peace, that there will be no end. God promised to bring hope, uh, to bring light into our world through the birth of a child. Imagine that, a baby would usher in the dawning of a new age, a great light, as verse 2 says. Uh, the background to this chapter is chapter 8, uh, which ends in gloom and darkness, uh, the context is of Judah, uh, 700 years before Christ was born, a prosperous and yet morally corrupt nation who are under threat uh, from a dominant empire. And instead of sending a, an equally terrifying force to conquer this nation, God sends a child. At the heart of the Christmas story is about God becoming flesh, uh, taking on human form. Uh, through this child would come the salvation of God's people. Uh, a child whose soldier, shoulders, shoulders, sorry, soldiers, shoulders <laughs> would be broad enough to carry uh, not only the government, but also the weight of a cross for the sins of his people. And it's all, verse 6, for us. Look at it again, verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. At the heart of the Christmas message is that God, the creator of heaven and earth, is mindful of us, of you and me sat here tonight in this building. And, and we know that because he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be born to a virgin, Mary. I wonder if we sometimes miss this uh, in the Christmas period. We miss the, the significance of this message, that, that God is mindful of us, sat here this evening. He sent his only son to take on human flesh, to be with us in all our pain, weakness, and suffering.
God understands us, not because he sat there in heaven on high, uh, looking down on all of us. No, he, he understands us because he has entered into our world to be with us. He, he knows how it feels to be you and me. He, if you've been betrayed, he, he knows how it feels because he was betrayed too in the Lord Jesus. If you've been misunderstood in your life, come to him because he was too. If you've been laughed at, well, Jesus was laughed at in his life. If you've ever been overwhelmed, know that he was too. Facing death, yourself or or someone else in your life, know that he did too. And he did it all for you and me. And we know this because the prophet Isaiah predicted, to us a child is born, a son was given. And that happened 2,000 years ago, that very first Christmas. Verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The great light dawned in the birth of the Lord Jesus. Every Christmas season is an opportunity to acknowledge this true light, which has dawned for all eternity. This great prophecy that we read about tonight has come to pass. Don't miss it. Uh, In this passage, uh, we have a list of names given to encapsulate the identity of this child in verse 6. He's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. However, there is another name that we most famously know him by. And that is, of course, the name Jesus Christ. Uh, In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel appeared to Joseph and said, She, Mary, is going to have a son, and you must give him the name Jesus That is because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means God saves. And in the birth of Jesus, we realize the confirmation of God's commitment to save his people from their sins. Now, the true darkness of our world, of course, is human sin, which has infected our world. A current manifestation of this is conflict. We see this in the wars across the globe, the hostility one nation has for another, or one region has for another, or one clan or tribe has for another, or one family has for another, or siblings have for each other. However, the Bible tells us that our greatest problem isn't that we are at war with each other as human beings. No, the Bible tells us that humanity's greatest problem is that we are at war with God because of our sin. The wonder of Christmas is that in the birth of Jesus Christ, true peace with God has now become possible. Jesus means God saves. And in the birth of Jesus, he came to rescue us from our sins, to to make us right with God. Over 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, Mary gave birth to a baby son, an event of eternal significance. 
we're reminded of it every Christmas. But I wonder if the modern business of life often crowds out the true meaning of Christmas. If it has done for you this Christmas, let me say to you tonight, don't miss this message. A few years ago, uh, the Washington Post carried out an experiment with the virtuoso violinist uh, Joshua Bell. Uh, in 2007, this world-renowned uh, violinist virtuoso, Joshua Bell, who people would pay hundreds of dollars to see um, and hear play, he went busking in New York in a subway um, on his iconic kind of Stradivarius violin. Uh, it was a social experiment which uh, yielded an interesting result. You see, as Joshua Bell, this virtuoso, world-class violinist, played, um, as he played over 43 minutes, uh, six classical kind of pieces, two from Bach, one from Massenet, I think that's how you pronounce it, and one from Schubert and Ponce, out of over a 1,000 people who walked by, only 27 people gave money. And only seven stopped to listen for a length of time. In total, he made $32.17. This is a virtuoso, a world-renowned violinist. No one expected to meet a world-class violinist in a New York subway that morning, playing on his priceless violin. I wonder if we do the same with the message of Christmas. No one expects to meet the saviour of the world in the birth of a baby boy, in the birth of Jesus. In the birth of Jesus, God has made himself known to us. Don't miss it. In the birth of Jesus, a great light has dawned into our world for all eternity. A light which shows us the way to God. My encouragement for us tonight is, don't turn away from this light, this true light of Christmas. I imagine many of us, as we came to church this evening, tonight, we probably drove or walked past a house with Christmas lights shining brightly. Um, and that will shine brightly for the next fortnight, I suppose, and then tucked away again into the loft or, or basement until next year. Uh, the prophet Isaiah in this passage uh, predicted a light that hasn't stopped shining since 2,000 years ago. It's a light that will shine into all eternity. And what happens when the light shines? Well, don't ignore it. Let it guide you this Christmas. Jesus, the baby boy born on Christmas Day, 2,000 years ago. He's the light that promises to guide you through this world, uh, through the darkness of death, into his everlasting kingdom forever. Don't miss this light this Christmas. Now, in a moment, we're going to take communion. And in doing so, we're reminded of Jesus' promise, not only to make us right with God in this life, but he promises to sustain us, to feed us for the journey ahead. For over 2,000 years, Christians have been feeding on the body of Jesus to acknowledge their ongoing need for his power in their lives. If you're not yet a Christian and would like to explore what this hope looks like, 
let, let me commend to you a, a course we're running in the new year. It's called Hope, Ex- Hope Explored. Um, the yellow flyer just at the back there. Uh, it's a course running on three Wednesdays in January, uh, starting on the 10th, uh, 17th, and the 24th. And it explores the hope that I've been talking about here tonight. Uh, but if you'd like to find out more about that, why not come along? It starts at 8 o'clock um, in the building behind us. Um, there'll be cake and hot drinks for you as well. It'll only be about an hour and a half or so. But if you'd like to explore the gospel message more so, why not come along next year in January to these courses? Well, as we close, uh, let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful message of hope that we have in the Christmas story. Thank you, because that very first Christmas, a light dawned into our world. A light that promises to guide us through the chaos and mess of a broken world. A light that promises to restore us into right relationship with you. Oh, we're so sorry for when we miss this message in the Christmas uh, business of life, when we Forget this. And please would you, this uh, evening and tomorrow as we celebrate Christmas, would you remind us of the true meaning of the Christmas message, of what it means to be right with you, not just in this life, but for all eternity. And we pray this in the name of your precious Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.